Entertain yourself, educate yourself, and empower yourself. The Next Report. Unix and Overlook Pop Culture, with host Thomas Holdbrook II, Stephen Tompkins, and Stephen Kelly. Episode 31, yes! Woo! Yes, yes. And all three of us are back again, so that that's twice in a row, that's not bad. Not bad at all. I like it. <laughs> Try to get a little closer to the mic. In fact, move the mic. Just a little bit. Anyway, um, figured we'd do a really fun one because this uh, topic, every now and then, would kind of come up. Um, we'd, I'd share some stuff on the Facebook fan page on occasion. Like, you know, haven't talked about this topic in a while. And that's kind of pro wrestling related topic. How many of you here watch pro wrestling or used to? I definitely do. That's one of my one of my main TV shows that I watch. <laughs> I mainly consult online sources since I don't do cable television anymore, but I I yes, I did splurge for WrestleMania 27 cuz it was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm like, well, that was old WCW territory. Why not? Um, Steven, you, you used to watch both the TNA and WWE, correct? Yeah, both of those, and then a little bit of WCW from back in the day. And, and right now, um, one one of the big things that's coming up, and of all places, and I can just see all kinds of magical things happening, is... WrestleMania 30, and of all places, it's going to be taking place in New Orleans. All sorts of stories of mysticism, um, and that sort of thing, where where there's that you know unique culture, let's just say, of I can't remember the term off the top of my head, like the various forms of like modern. Um, Variants of voodoo and stuff yeah. like that, uh, and I kept thinking to myself, "Well, will the Undertaker show up at that event? If so, who's going to be his next opponent?" That's been the topic, uh, hot topic as of late. You go onto, um, you go, you go to Google, you go to your search engine, you search, "Who's he going to face next? Who, who's going to be the next person to?" Um, face him and everything else and you had, you've had a plethora of stars facing him from Jimmy Superfly Snuka to Ric Flair to Hulk Hogan and the only only match where he won- where it was just he almost lost but didn't because it wasn't a no disqualification was quote unquote Giant Gonzalez oh, that was the worst match he did Giant Gonzalez, you know, there's a guy with the huge, uh, like, bodysuit that had muscle sprayed on it. He looked like a, he was trying to look like some kind of mountain man or a Sasquatch or something. <laughs> he, you know, wrestled in WCW and everything, but that match is awful. <laughs> that is literally, you get one of those DVDs that has all of the uh, the Undertaker matches on it, and you can pretty much just skip that one, because at one point... If I recall, he chokes him out with chloroform or something. His manager throws that up in there, and 
that's how the match ends. <laughs> wow, that's 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 horrible. He wins via DQ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And yeah, he Gonzalez. He wrestled in WCW as El Gigante. Yeah. He also wrestled as a character named the Yeti in WCW, which is part of the Dungeon of Doom, and he was literally. A seven-foot-tall guy dressed up in a mummy costume that they called the Yeti, because that makes absolute perfect sense. That's why WCW was not popular then. <laughs> he, he walks up, hugs Hulk Hogan, just almost looks like he's humping him. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and you can just hear the commentators trying not to laugh. Like, <laughs> Tony Schiavone's really going for it. Oh, my God. Oh. It's the Yeti! You like, should look up the video, it's awful. Oh my god. <laughs> I may have to do that. Wow. There's a website called WrestleCrap that I go to and that's <laughs> continuously brought up on there. Um fun, funny part is um when Stephen Tompkins came uh, a little bit early to meet here before we started recording. Um he was I was watching an old uh show, an old pay-per-view show online, uh, Bash at the Beach in two... Th- year, yeah, it was the year 2000, I think. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was 2000. 2000. Oh, yeah. Where uh, Vince Russo uh, had to come out and explain what happened in a match between Hulk Hogan and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, was that the uh, the one where Hogan quit afterwards, basically? Yeah, and... and, and, <laughs> and, and in the case with the Yeti, where you, you, you were talking about Shivani trying his damnedest not to laugh. <laughs> um, in this one, he just gave up. You could tell he just gave up because he was as confused as everybody. This, was this the, the, the fake shoot interview where he called him bald and got sued and everything? And... Yeah, uh, because <laughs> what, 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 had, what had happened, um, and in another interview that we'll link in the show notes, uh, Root... Russo explains what happened, and there were some there were some mess ups on both parties' parts. One, Hogan's attorney sending faxes to offices of World Championship Wrestling after hours, so nobody was there to get the fax <laughs> at all, which was not a good move. Um, and two, he he should have called the next day. It's like, look, that was that was that was me working the crowd. Bear, bear with me. Let's let's see what we can do here with this. And so it could have been fixed. The whole Hogan thinking that oh Booker T was going to have one belt, he would have another, and they would duke it out to see who'd be the world champion. That was not a, actually a bad idea. And WWE kind of did a variant of that with Sam Punk and John Cena. Now. TNA is doing this with uh, AJ Styles. Yeah. In this case, Styles is actually, quote-unquote, defending the belt. He's and, down wrestling in Mexico currently, so they're actually going the extra step with it to kind of push it a little bit. Yep. Uh, so it, it's going to be an interesting storyline, so to speak. Um, but Russo was explain, explaining what had happened... Um, what had happened was Hogan was playing his creative control card because his contract specifically stated, okay, 
creative control, he, he had final say-so on things involving him. Which sounds like a great idea until you run into an issue with lawsuits saying, oh, uh, WCW is being racist or whatever. Well, you've seen, have you seen the match between Yokozuna and Bret Hart and, and WWF at the time where uh, Hogan decided that he was, he had creative control over his contract there as well. And he decided that, uh, uh, you know, Yokozuna beats, or, uh, you know, at the end of the match, Hogan runs out, he's not even in the match, and somehow wins the title. And <laughs> it's like completely what? incomprehensible ending to a match because when it happens, you're like, oh, that's cool. Here comes Hulk Hogan, and he somehow wins. And you're like, I remember being like younger. Like, I think it's WrestleMania nine, some, uh, but it's it's an it's one of the outdoor ones that they did. And you're just like, what what just happened? Because <laughs> they, they even the commentary wow. can't even explain it. And that's the kind of stuff Hogan used to do. He would like decide, you know, backstage. Well, I don't want this to happen this way, and since he had complete control over his character, he could basically force ridiculous crap like that. That's crazy. And and that's pro- now the good news today is instead of having one really big guy as in really well known, you have several well known characters, which can create a clashing of egos at times, but it also kind of keeps things in check to where one person isn't necessarily dominating the scene all the time. Um, similar thing was happening in WCW in 2000. Um, there was a setup where uh, Hogan beats Scott Steiner or something like that, because what had happened was NWO 2000. Jeff Jarrett's the World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion. Um you know, the band's back together, and then, uh-oh, Hogan reverts to his Hollywood Hogan gimmick. Again. Because, you know, he's like, you know what, man, no. This isn't the real thing, I'm the real deal. That probably was the storyline that was supposed to happen. So, what wound up happening was, um, you know, Hogan when gets an opportunity at Jeff Jarrett's world title. Uh, what was supposed to happen was that at the end of the night, Booker T was going to be the champion. Yeah. Uh, that was supposed to happen. Hogan was not going to leave with the belt, but Hogan wanted to leave with the belt. <laughs> so Vince Russo had to improvise to make it sound like he's acquiescing to Hogan's demands while he really wasn't. So... What, it, what he said was, look, you know, Hogan's like, if this were really real, I'd walk out with the belt. And Russo's like, no, if this were really real, I'd be talking to you right now, that I'd be going to Jeff Jarrett saying, we got to put him over, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's going to be hot, mad, and all that. While not telling Jeff Jarrett right away that, that this was, whole thing was being planned the whole time, on the fly... <laughs> You know, just to get Hogan out there to do the match. Yeah, because he would probably pull a Kevin Nash, and you know, Kevin Nash allegedly, whenever he was supposed to drop the belt, would conti- would do things like uh, supposedly tear his quads lifting up a toy box or something, and oh, bro, I can't go in. You know, I hurt myself, and the match wouldn't happen. And, and it's just like, oh my, <laughs> the backstage politics of that business. Does that does that remind you of uh, anybody of? Uh, 
anywhere else they've ever worked where there's backstage politics. Oh, yeah, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and including you and I, Thomas. Oh, it's, yeah. it's rampant in retail. Um, so it's just like, you know, normal working environment, right? <laughs> so eventually the whole thing happens. Jeff Jarrett does the whole up yours by laying down. And Hogan walks and Bischoff walk out in a huff, that sort of thing. And then Russo does the whole promo cut, you know, ripping Hogan a new one and all that good stuff. And Tony Schiavone just in his, I give up trying to legitimize this at this point. <laughs> going, okay, we're going to tell fans what, what's going on a little bit. And going, this is known as a shoot in this business. <laughs> like, wow. Um, People wonder why Shivani left the industry shortly afterwards. <laughs> Well, and, and a lot of people are like, well, Shivani. Some people may not have been fans of Shivani. Shivani simply did what he was told to do most of the time. Um, if he was told to say something, he would say it. He did a, a short-lived heel run in TNA. Like, he showed up with a goatee and acted like a jerk. So that was his uh, that was evil Tony Shivani. But, like, it was like in 2003 or something. <laughs> that was like his last hurrah. I can well, remember that. Was it actually good, or what? No, that was terrible. Because he showed up and he, you know, he wasn't doing commentary or anything in TNA. He was just kind of there. TNA kind of, uh, you know, came about be- rising from the ashes of WCW when it went under. So they had a lot of connections with, you know, Jim- Jeremy Borash and Jarrett and all were, you know, former WCW people that kind of came together and built the new company. And so they would bring in a lot of, you know things from that, like Sting, before he came out of retirement, back in 06, he wrestled a couple matches there in 03. Right. Uh, and, or, uh, 2002, I think, actually. And, um, I, I do remember his first appearance, and I actually kind of liked it, because, you know, all of a sudden, bam, we're like, whoa, I did not see that one coming. Just complete, total disgruntled douche. Yeah. Honey, how long have you been in wrestling business? Five minutes. <laughs> uh, I was just like, just like, go, you know, going on the accolades of Percy Watkins. Or what was his name? He was he was Paul Bearer. Nope, uh, well, he went by Percy Pringle. Percy Pringle, uh, going, saying, you know, all the accolades of this manager person, and looking at, and then suddenly looking at him. How much ass did you have to kiss to get here? <laughs> I'm like, oh wow! So it was an interesting attempt. You're saying it did not go over real well, or just kind of. Well, he was only on there for a few. Like no one cared basically at that point. It was just kind of. It, it, it he was there and then kind of went, you know, right afterwards. Oh, so so now he's now he's announcing baseball again. Yeah, I think so. He pretty much got out. I I don't think he he enjoyed it. And I know he had a lot of. I know, uh, like the people that worked with him, they did not get along. You and you could you could outright tell, like when he was doing commentary in WCW with Bobby the Brain Heenan, you could tell they legitimately hated each other because it went far beyond the typical announcer bickering. It was like sometimes you could just. Like, Heenan would say something where you're like, whoa! <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, made compelling television for a while, didn't it? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give it that. <laughs> but, wow. So, now we're, we're coming on WrestleMania 30. Um, we're all at least familiar with, with The Undertaker. He's gone through various transformations throughout the years. One as the zombie-like person that just kept getting rising from the grave no matter how much you hit him with a shovel like Jake the Snake Roberts did <laughs> and to this lord of darkness type of demonic being to to the, the biker to the basically goth version of a biker <laughs> yeah which you know for a while actually worked for him um and then went back to more of the classic style of character of being the connoisseur of the undead. Now they're doing kind of like a, a thing where, you know, he, he doesn't have a... His contract is basically that he, you know, Undertaker himself, he's a little bit beat up now. He, he's a bigger guy, and he's, you know, he was pretty agile for his size, and he, you can tell messed his knees up and stuff like that. He's got some, you know, medical things. So he he doesn't have a full schedule. You know, he'll, he'll show up right around WrestleMania. So they've kind of played it up the storyline that he basically lives at this point to wrestle at WrestleMania, and that's his, like, you know, they, they make it to where if he, within the commentary, you know, they're not trying to pretend it's real in the commentary by any means, but they kind of make it seem like if he loses, that would be the end of him or something. So it's pretty compelling for, you know, watching it. I remember watching a few of the episodes back in the day when he was still he would be coming out of the casket or whatever when he was doing his whole undead thing. And, oh yeah. Um, what he after he would get up and out of that, and he would slowly take off his uh, cloak mm-hmm. and he'd just stand there in the ring and walk up a little bit and whatnot. And he wouldn't make much movement, so he was kind of acting like he wouldn't let on that he's. He's got a lot of gruff that he can, yeah, that he can take you on and take you down, right there in the middle of the match. When right as the match starts, it's boom, he unleashes it all, and it was a great, great appearance. Uh, have you have you seen clips of him just doing the series of left and right hands and everything else? And I believe so. Yes. But he like as he got you know a little bit older, he started implementing like. Uh, submission moves like triangle chokes and stuff into his repertoire. So, I mean, he definitely... They basically made him into where he's the guy that you can't beat because he has too much determination to, you know, not lose for the most part. And, and you know, his real name's Mark Calloway, and in real life, he actually... He's actually a big fan of MMA as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I know he's been on... Uh, or UFC pay-per-views, like walking by and stuff like that. He was on camera at one of them once. And there, there was this altercation between him and Brock Lesnar for a brief five seconds. And yeah. Even, but Lesnar was like, oh, media's making too big of a deal of it. <laughs> I bet they did that for the camera, too. There was, there was, that had to have been staged in some way. Uh, who knows? Dana White would have flipped out if someone showed up on his show like that and would have, you know, took over the spotlight. So it must have been something to that degree. Like, because at, at, at some point I noticed that the, the MMA-style fighting gloves that he was wearing 
in the matches, and I'm like, whoa, that, that's pretty cool. Well, who do you, uh, do you have any, any uh, like, picks of, like, who you think is gonna he's going to wrestle uh, versus, like, what would be your dream match? So I, I've got mine. Um, I, I've seen the, the, um, I've seen a promo graphic for the Royal Rumble, and CM Punk is on it. Okay. Um, so, CM Punk is a possibility, because there's been this trend where they've used the same opponent on multiple occasions. Uh, Shawn Michaels tried two years in a row, then Triple H... He had two back-to-back as well. Yeah. But um, CM Punk... They get a hell of a match at that pay-per-view, too. So, I mean, I I could definitely... I would enjoy that. Um, But if anything, I would go with, believe it or not, Daniel Bryan. Really? So you want to go give him, like, the the same kind of elevation that they did with... with, uh, Jeff Hardy back in the day, pretty much. Yeah. Like... And Brian, you know, Brian's proved that he can beat up anybody on there, so... (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, yeah. A vegan beating a (laughs) member of the undead. Who would have thunk it, right? (laughs) I think it would be a very interesting match. Because he's known for his submission holes and everything. He's the submission specialist, but he can also fly... Yeah. ...as well... As he's demonstrated, and he has a martial arts background too. Yeah, well, if you watch like some of his older stuff when he was in Japan or even Ring of Honor, he used to go by the name American Dragon when he started out. He had a mask and everything. He was basically like a the Japanese equivalent to like a luchador for the most part. Right. <laughs> so I mean, he definitely he used to do a lot of that stuff. WWE tones that down quite a bit, but like Matt Stryker referred to him as the American Dragon one year during the Royal Rumble and I think some higher-ups in that company had a problem with that. They always crapped on that guy. He was actually a really good commentator but they didn't like how he used insider terms during the commentary and stuff and it just, you know. He was uh, recently on Colt Cabana, uh, independent wrestler who if you might recall was briefly in WWE as Scotty Goldman. He has an awesome podcast called The Art of Wrestling. He actually interviewed him about that on there one time. And Stryker was like, look, if you're basically a guest in somebody else's house and they ask you to leave, you you leave. Yeah. So he's... I I think they made a mistake by letting him go. Myself, he was... I actually enjoyed him, but... uh, What do I know? I'm I'm just a mark who doesn't who's and everything else but um I have an idea of a dream match but you uh it might be the same dream match I have cause uh <laughs> the, the big rumor going around there for a while is that they might be able to secure you know if they really want to make money and get a big name there's a rumor going around there trying to get Sting to show up for one one match basically I'm actually looking at an article on yeah. that right now and if you, you know, Sting's older, Sting's older than Undertaker even. He's, I believe, 52, possibly 53, but he can still wrestle. I'm not saying he can wrestle amazingly like he did, but he could, he could, you know, he still occasionally will wrestle in TNA. He can put a competent match together. And I honestly, you know, you have 
basically, you know, Sting for a long time was basically WCW's equivalent to The Undertaker. So, it kind of, I would love to see that. Um, I was actually thinking of Goldberg, believe it or not. Really? Okay. Um, you know, it's how they're, they're kind of promoting him a little bit more. And, um, he said he currently has no plans, but it's a long way to that point in time, so you never know what could happen. It it's, almost makes you wonder if they're not going to bring him in against uh, Ryback. Because if you haven't been watching lately, uh, they have this guy in there named Ryback who they gave a, uh, a push to that was very, very reminiscent of Goldberg's, where he was beating people and had a big winning streak. Now he's hasn't won a match forever, so it's kind of like reverse Goldberg. But the audience to taunt him since like day one would chant Goldberg at him, and the commentators would just ignore it. And you know you can just clearly hear the audience going Goldberg, <laughs> and then they've made it into like they're trying to do like a backdoor thing where they're trying to make it into part of the storyline, and it's just like they're trying to take this heckling and make it into something. So I don't I don't know. I don't know if Goldberg would come back unless they paid him, like, tons of money, but well, they brought The Rock in twice, so you never know. Honestly, I would love to see that, because I remember watching all kinds of videos about Goldberg and some of his older matches, and he had that crazy streak. Oh, yeah. And a match between him and The Undertaker would, would be awesome. Oh, yeah. I would love it. Especially, especially... If- you know, Undertaker tombstones him like five times, and all of a sudden he just <laughs> suddenly gets back up, bleeding, crazed look in his eyes, and Undertaker going, "Oh, now what?" <laughs> and everything else, and it would be interesting. It would be a sight to see for sure. Um, reason why I picked Daniel Bryan though was because Bryan is younger, Undertaker prefers would prefer to put somebody over who's younger. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely can imagine that. Kind of like the Andre the Giant with Hogan thing. Right. Um, if not Daniel Bryan, then of all people, it, people don't may not realize this, but there's at least one other person who is also currently undefeated at WrestleMania, and that's the Michael Miz. Cole. Oh, wait, wait. That, oh, joking, no. joking. Sorry. Uh, actual wrestler who's. Oh god, Cole. Cole. Oh, that was just a train wreck. Um, but it was funny. Um, but no, um, the Miz. Mm, okay. The Miz has never lost at WrestleMania. That's true. If you count the pre-show with Wade. Barrett, where he beats him for the Intercontinental Championship. And he beat, uh, beat Cena at the one. Which which came about as a result of Rock slamming Cena to the mat, but that's okay. Yeah. Miz still won. <laughs> Miz has never lost. Streak versus streak. Yeah. Especially since he's getting... He's, he's getting... He, he's being trashed all over the place on television, on on his little live segment where Randy Orton basically says, "How does it make you feel that I'm in, I'm defending this title against the Big Show?" And it's like, Miz looks like he's about to go off, and then RKO before he gets a chance to speak. And 
everything else. Sort of like AJ Styles, where he's thrown into a horrible storyline after storyline <laughs> after storyline. And you're like, oh, what are they doing to him? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty rough there for a while. Stephen Tompkins, who would you like to see? Uh, well, like I said earlier, uh, it'd be a real interesting match to see Goldberg versus The Undertaker, but um, I don't know. It'd be either 50-50 between Goldberg and then, uh, let me see, maybe Triple H. Yeah, they could do, because, you know, they had those two matches previous, and that was some really, both times he wrestled Triple H, those were, at WrestleMania, those were, well, I guess actually actually he's done it three times, hasn't he? But the, the two more recent times, those were the matches of the night, basically, so. It could turn out to be an interesting... They'd, they'd make some money off of it, too. So oh, yeah. Like they change things up, or maybe uh, do some big, like, four-man match or something mm-hmm. with him, Goldberg, Triple H, and then throw somebody else into the mix to make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there is to be a match in which his streak were to end... I personally would like to see, like, every run-in possible in history. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, just have him getting screwed over, basically. They could do a storyline out of that, too. If they that would be amazing. Like, like one would one would hit the other because they want the other guy to win. Others would hit the other guy. And then all of a sudden, every run-in person would fight each other. The dust would settle. The two actual opponents, once the dust settles, would go back at each other for one final hurrah, and then one would eventually finally um, win, and it would... If it's Undertaker, it would be his usual shtick, tombstone pile driver in the center of the ring. Um, Otherwise, it would have to be something... It couldn't be a submission. It would probably have to be a, a surprise pin attempt that would barely succeed. Two other names that might be interesting would be if they wanted to. I mean, you know that Brock Lesnar is going to have something to do with the pay per view. They could always do that because they ha- they've done some really good matches in the past. I know Lesnar and uh, uh, Taker had a really good cage match. I believe it was at uh, Unforgiven or Armageddon. I can't remember which one, but it was the one where at one point he got his like he got his hand tied to the cage and Lesnar was hitting it with a chair. It looked really you know, for how wrestling, you know, how fake it is. It looked legit. Like, you were like, oh, Lord, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> it it was it was good theatrics and, and everything else. But The person that I would actually love to see them build something with, and I don't know if they're going to be able to go, you know, get this together by the time, you know, March or April rolls around, but would be actually Bray Wyatt. Because he's, I'm, I'm a sucker for when people have kind of weird, uh, like, supernatural gimmicks. And... Uh, Bray Wyatt is this kind of like southern cult leader, for lack of a better term. He's basically Robert De Niro's character from Cape Fear with more of a like like David Koresh type thing on top of it where he has this backstory where he was in an orphanage and this uh, basically this, when he was a kid and this nun that was in charge of it, like, basically filled his head full of, like, crazy, heretical version of, you know, religion where he thinks that he is, like, the chosen one and he has a 
a family of followers that follow him, and it's pretty terrifying, and I could honestly see them possibly going with that. problem is, is I don't know where they're going to put the, the, the Wyatt family at this point, because they're currently feuding with uh, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, but WrestleMania is quite a ways away, so anything could change by then. Um, and actually, there is one more person who might be the right person for the job. Roman Reigns of the Shield. Yeah, because they're uh, obviously looking like they're going to break those guys apart here before too long. They're starting to fight between each other on lately. Yeah, and the, the cool part is, like Undertaker, I don't want them to see see them break up just so soon because I remember the whole whole mercenary thing, and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" In the UK or in England, they actually came down on a helicopter. And I was yeah. like, whoa! And Undertaker actually seemed to like their gimmick. Yeah. Uh, he, he saw big money with them. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, Roman Reigns, he's vaguely related to The Rock in some ways. I mean, he's got that family lineage that they can play off of. And, you know, um, he's also... Uh, I can never remember. I know that the Usos are Rikishi's kids, but Roman Reigns is like the son of one of the Head Shriekers, I believe, or something like that, or one of the, one of the Wild Samoans. Wow! And uh, so I mean, he's a second generation wrestler, as far as I know, if not more. So I mean, they could definitely build him up if they wanted to. That's just that's just insane. So, um. Definitely keeping an eye on the wrestling scene a little bit more often here. Um, um, Tompkins, are you going to watch any more pro wrestling now that some stuff has changed as of late? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's sounding like it's going to get a lot more interesting. I'll probably have to look into it. Um, one final question before we wrap this up. Do you think that World Championship Wrestling should make a return? I... I Honestly, that I think that would be great. Um, I was a big fan of that, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are still fans of that and would definitely enjoy that to be coming back out. Um, so I think it would be a great idea for them to bring it back, along with all the other stuff that's going on. Well, even if they did a, a one-night-only type of thing with... Uh there, there are some problems where a lot of the people that are that were big in WCW, I don't know if they would be willing to come back, but if they could get some people and do like a one-night-only deal, that might be the way to go. Um, you know, bring in Goldberg, try to get Sting, have Ric Flair make a non-wrestling appearance, get some of those guys. Kevin Nash could come in. The only problem is, you know, that company folded... 12 years ago, so a lot of the big guys are getting up there in age. A lot of them are either retired or semi-retired. Even Booker T, you know, he was one of the younger guys there. He's basically retired at this point. It's like, because I'm noticing this conflicting thing with WWE at this point, where there's two world, basically two big championships. There's the WWE title itself. Mm-hmm. You win that, you're the face of the company, basically. And then there's the World Heavyweight Championship. Well, and you, you know that originally that the you know the world title that they use is the WCW title, and they and same thing with the US title. They were originally SmackDown was going to be WCW when the invasion stuff happened, but 
the invasion storyline. They couldn't. No one would relinquish their. They had all these crazy titles from WCW, where it was like a guaranteed multi-million dollar title, and they didn't. You know, a lot of people just basically got paid to do nothing. So the only people they could bring in were Buff Bagwell and Lance Storm and those kind of guys. And unfortunately, incidents like Buff Bagwell versus Booker T on Raw ruined it completely, and that whole storyline just folded right, pretty much right away. They had to bring they had to bring all the ECW guys in to make it worthwhile, and then they turned around and fired most of the WCW guys after that. And it's an unfortunate thing, and but I I, I personally would like to see a worldwide type of organization where where multiple promotions can come in and everything else. And like bring in like an NWA type of setup again pretty much. Kind of sort of, but expand the globe and go, oh kinda of like a World Cup of sorts. That'd be interesting. Oh, yeah, see one of those big super cards like that would be awesome. I wish they would I know you always run into the problem where the different company heads want to uh, want their guys to get over and stuff like that, but I mean, you can just imagine they do stuff like that in like Mexico and Japan occasionally, where they'll have like multiple companies merge to not merge, but they'll send different guys in for uh, you know a big you know show or something, and they get giant amounts of attendance for those things. I know the Tokyo Dome; they'll they'll have shows there sometimes that are ridiculous. Kind of like the all-star game of sorts. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, well, that wraps it up for episode 31. Uh, check us out at thenextreport.com, where you can find links to all our social networking sites. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more videos up on YouTube in the near future. Um, been neglecting that, but we're getting more followers on Twitter. Um, uh, our fan base on Facebook's increasing and and Google Plus we're, we're, we're working our way slowly but surely up on that as well uh, feel free to subscribe to us um, via iTunes and if you do please uh, rate us, review us so that you know we're on the map and we know where we stand entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself I'm Thomas, I'm Steven and I'm Steven Tompkins And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Next Report, covering Unix and Overlook pop culture. The intro theme comes courtesy independent band, The Introvert. Feel free to check them out via Facebook, linked in the show notes.